0: Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show. My name is Adam Homey. I am your host, and I am honored by your wise decision to tune in and join us today. As the name says, our listeners are business creators, and we have all kinds of business creators who tune in every week. We have entrepreneurs, small business owners, local business owners. We have the marketing and business coaches, consultants, and mentors. We have the folks who help others create their businesses, and we have the do-it-yourselfers who like to have their own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, and in fact, many of our listeners who tune in every week are all of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. I also encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes, every, excuse me every five-star rating. It's greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. And when you subscribe, you'll get fresh content every single week, in addition to over 230 episodes on a breadth and depth of topics relevant to business creators just like you. You know, it's been a little while since we've done an interview here that was strictly focused on Facebook and the use of Facebook for organic offerings and even some of the stuff having to do with advertising. We touch on that every so often, but it's been a while since we've had an episode about that. And just over the course of the past year, so many things have happened with Facebook. There have been changes in the algorithms. There have been changes in the news feeds, which have been pretty dramatic. And one of the things that we've seen that has really taken off, is the use of groups. Uh, We still have the debate about whether Facebook pages are dead or they can be brought to life or what they're good for. But what I really want to do today, and I'm so happy we have the opportunity to do this with who I'm about to introduce to you, is to show you what you need to know about building an organic audience of believers using what's known as the Facebook trifecta. Our listeners know that I am not only the host of the Business Creators Radio Show, but I'm also in the audience with you, with my pad of paper and my two pens, looking for the slight edge in my business. With that, I'm very happy to announce that today's guest is going to be Josh Stanton, who is the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5. Let me just tell you about him. Uh, From him and his – let me just read it from the very beginning. Here we go. Josh Stanton is the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5, him and his wife Jill's slice of the internet, where they help entrepreneurs build more attention to their brands, make more money in their business, and get more out of their life through simple strategies, how-tos, and behind-the-scenes glimpses into the realities of building a business online. He's got a serious love for travel, an unhealthy obsession with pugs. Oh, I can relate to that. My parents used to have these two awesome pugs named Jade and Jasmine, and he has been known to indulge in a rugby binge-watching session or two. You know what they say about me. I I don't party like a rock star, but there's undeniable proof that I've partied with rock stars, so I can definitely relate to a little rugby binging. Josh, come on in. The weather's fine. Welcome aboard.
1: Um, It's so great to be here. It's clearly, Jill uh, wrote that description um about me to embarrass me on this show i do i mean you like grew up with pugs i did grow up with pugs she thinks i have an unhealthy obsession with them um i don't personally think that but somehow it's become this really weird thing that all of our members know of and in fact like i literally get t-shirts of pugs sent to uh sent to our home from our members which nice. is crazy nice and
0: you know that that is so awesome <laughs> Um, as my parents say, used to say, because they, they had those two pugs, uh, they they were sisters. Their names were Jade and Jasmine. Uh, they would say the only thing in this world that's better than two pugs is three pugs. And what would happen is every once in a while, my <laughs> sister's friend, my sister's friend who also had a pug, would bring his pug over to visit them. And his pug's name was Cuddles. So you'd have Jade, Jasmine, and Cuddles. I'd walk in the door, and I would be immediately attacked by three vicious, mean, slobbering pugs. <laughs> and everybody who knows oh my pugs knows that, is, that that is just the cutest thing in the world to imagine is three pugs coming after you. Uh, one of my prized possessions to this day, and I'm looking forward to the day where my physical fitness efforts get me to the point where I can be able to wear it again, is a t-shirt with a pug with a bandana that says Pug Life. <laughs>
1: I, so I've actually got that T-shirt. I'm just saying.
0: I I would imagine you would just like I have a T-shirt that says "World's <laughs> Best Cat Daddy." Um, I, I I've I've said many times that uh, the way to my heart is to send me a cat video. So I just gave away my secret. Josh, before we dive into Noted. the trifecta, yeah, before we dive into the Facebook trifecta, which is going to be huge, uh, just do us a favor here. Uh, what we like to do for our listeners who are just now getting to know you and find out what is about you that's going to uh, make you attractive to them is to find out a little bit about your background and your life story and the journey you've taken to bring yourself to where you are today at the intersection of your brilliance and passion. So just tell us a little bit about that.
1: Mm, It's it's kind of interesting. Um, You know, I've always kind of pondered on the concept of whether or not entrepreneurs are born or, or they're grown. Um, I think in my case, I don't know if I was born an entrepreneur, but I I definitely grew into one. So um, when I was at university initially, I was studying engineering and I hated that course so much. I didn't want to become an engineer. I was just basically just flowing down the same river, going down the same river that everyone else was going down um, without consciously deciding what I wanted for my life. And I had a conversation with... Um, My father actually when I got home one day after university and he saw I was quite unhappy and he asked me if I was enjoying what I was doing and I I told him no, but that isn't this just what I'm supposed to do in life And he said to me he said to me. No, you can do whatever you want to do So he gave me the permission to say no for the first time um, As opposed to kind of just going down the same path that I thought I was supposed to go down So that kind of like kicked things off a little bit for me Uh, from there I I realised that one of the things I loved doing was travelling. So I wanted to I, I wanted to obviously I need to make money. So the only real other way I could do that was to start a business. And I wanted to start a business that gave me freedom to travel and do the things I wanted to do. And so I came across uh, online business, and I I took an initial course from a, a marketer who's quite a, a popular marketer today. His name is Frank Kern, and the course is yep. all about how to create. Um, how to create e-books or e-courses around different niches, and my first ever niche that I created an e-book around, which I ended up, I ended up selling, um, I probably made about ten to fifteen thousand dollars from this ebook, was around goldfish. Believe it or not, um, so it, it's so crazy to think that my first ever thing I, I ever did, I ever did as far as online business goes, was to create a book showing people how to take care of their goldfish. So that was the start. Right, that was how I initially got started. From there, um, I wanted to learn a bit more about SEO, about like getting traffic from Google, because I could see that was going to be a very important thing for the future. So I took up a- an internship at an SEO company, and I worked there for about 18 months and kind of just learnt the ropes and and just figured out, you know, how to how to basically get website traffic, which is obviously very important for an online business. Um, Once I got to a certain point, I was actually building a lot of other sites and getting traffic and and promoting other products as well as creating my own products, digital and physical. Um, From there, I decided to leave that internship and go out on my own and over the course of – literally, over the course of the last 10 years, I've kind of migrated and shifted towards different things. Uh, One of those being myself uh, starting a business with my wife, Jill, who can't be here today. We just had a baby. Just recently, so she's yeah. over taking care of him. Um, we started this business together called Screw the Nine to Five, and um, yeah, it's probably been the most important business that we have started. We started that about five years ago um, when we were living overseas in Thailand. We wanted to kind of just, you know, talk about the whole journey of what it's like um, being an online entrepreneur. And uh, over the course of five years, we've managed to. I grow a multi-million dollar company off the back of this. Uh, we've got a, a ton of incredible members inside of our membership, Screw You. Um, and we've just been able to do so many really cool things as a result of, of this particular business.
0: Well, Josh, uh, first of all, um, let me congratulate you and Jill on the birth of your son. That's so awesome. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And second, I'm going to bookmark this. But I did want to point out that having been to your website, uh, to five.com you actually have a program called Screw You. I love that, but I want to bookmark it and come back to it a little bit towards the end because we have some stuff we need to cover here. And so let's start at the very bottom. Our Facebook page is dead. You
1: know, th- there is a lot of movement away from Facebook pages uh, on Facebook's end. They are lowering engagement, but you kind of have to look at it from an opportunity perspective. So if everyone is is starting to say, like, is Facebook dead, is Facebook, dead? Is Facebook pages dead, are they dead, are they dead? Usually that means there's probably an opportunity because no one else is doing it. I, I've heard the same thing happen with Google over so many years now. Uh, it, it's almost like every year you'll hear someone come out and say, Google is dead. You're never going to get any more traffic from Google. It's it's dying. In fact, this year, uh, sorry, last year, in 2017, Facebook actually increased its referral traffic uh, last year and it started widening the gap from from the biggest social media platform being Facebook. So, like, usually when you hear that kind of stuff, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and kind of get a little bit excited and be like, maybe there's an opportunity here. If everyone is kind of, um, zigging, maybe I should zag and, and try and do the thing that's, that no one else is trying.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I have various uh, Facebook pages. Um, I can just tell you from my own perspective. The Business Creators Institute, which is our primary business arm, um, has one, and we mostly use it to do uh, social and viral shares uh, that we use to get organic search engine marketing traction from. Uh, then the mm-hmm. Business Creators Radio Show has its own – page that we use just for announcements of episodes and such things, and then for our new book, Groundhog Day is an event not a business strategy, uh, we have a Facebook group for that, and that's one of the core pieces of my marketing at this time. but we also decided uh, right in the middle of the book launch to start a Facebook page for it. The reason we started a page is because Groups, unfortunately, still don't allow you to send proper invitations, don't just automatically add somebody to the group, and just I'm just not going to cross the path of just automatically adding people to my group because I think it's gauche and I just won't do it. But you can invite people to a page. Mm-hmm. Also, how many groups do we participate in? All of us here listening today, where they have something like Fan Page Friday or Wow Us Wednesday, and the offer is – This is the one day this week where you can shamelessly post a link to something. Uh, Having a page to post a link to makes it real easy. Also, since the page is named after my book, it gives me the opportunity to hyperlink the name of my book every single time I talk about it. So for those reasons, we may run advertising on it someday. We may care if we get more than 75 fans. Who knows? But that's what we're using it for now. So I'm not going to say that Facebook pages are dead, but from my perspective of somebody who just made the decision at this time not to invest in advertising, maybe you'll persuade me otherwise, who knows. Uh, They serve a number of different purposes above and beyond just getting up a huge fan count. Uh, And that's been my observation. Uh, Whether you agree or disagree with that, uh, why, in your opinion, is Facebook so powerful these days?
1: So... Let's talk about Facebook pages here and and how we're using a page because a page is different to a group, which is different to your Facebook profile, your personal profile too. So as far as pages go, one of the things that we really like to focus on are conversation starters or or just engagement style um, posts. So we, we rarely, like one of the things we like to do with that page is our goal is to try and increase the amount of engagement and reach that we get from it. The reason why we do that is the more organic reach we can get. When we actually start running paid traffic or paid ads through Facebook, it actually lowers the cost of those because Facebook is is seeing that our page has really good organic reach, and so they kind of they actually right. like lower the costs uh, for your ads when you're running them. So we do we, we we focus a lot on just really sort of cheeky engagement starter things. Um, one example. <laughs> This, this example kind of went a little bit crazy. Um, so maybe don't go this extreme. But one of the things we did is we, we talked to entrepreneurs, right? We're all about the, the lifestyle of the entrepreneur. So we put a post out and it was super cheeky. We said, We said, Democrats versus Republicans, who make better entrepreneurs? And oh okay. my gosh, this thing just blew up. There was like <laughs> hundreds of comments and... And so many people were upset, and they were all kind of like going against each other, and like arguing with each other, and craziness. When we looked at it just from a, a from an engagement perspective, and the engagement was through the roof. The, the amount of reach that we got for it was crazy, we, which actually went on to help the rest of our posts uh, in the future from, from that point on. So when we're when we're using our page, we're kind of experimenting with with engagement style posts and. And that's where it's a little bit different um, than with, say, a Facebook group, which usually provides you with much higher reach than a page does.
0: Democrats versus Republicans, who's the best entrepreneur? You know, (laughs) the highest performing Facebook post I ever made was on my personal profile back in 2014, where I I don't have it in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase it. Basically, what I said is is that I need people to stop telling me uh, about how I use big words. I'm not going to simplify my language to appease whiners. Instead, I'm going to use those larger words as a way of motivating people to up their own game. I have a responsibility to help people up their own game. I actually said it nicer than that, and I don't have the exact words in front of me, but here is part of The reaction I got from it. We had people, we had entrepreneurs, we had copywriters, we had social media gurus. We had everybody involved in writing and communicating, jumping on that thing, giving their two cents or 20 cents or $2 on, is it true that you should use bigger words or smaller words? We had other people jumping in. If this conversation went on like a fresh post and I had to keep checking through my phone just so I didn't lose any threads, it kept going for almost three days. So you did the post wow. on who makes the better entrepreneur, a Republican or a Democrat, or a Democrat or Republican. I did I hit another thing and I wasn't even expecting this, but I hit another thing that was just something that a lot of people deal with on a regular basis, especially folks who have larger vocabularies like I do, they say, stop using those big words. Can't you talk like a normal person? Well, I am a normal person. I'm speaking like one. I'm not talking. I'm speaking. Uh, so, and, and I've known other people that have had the same thoughts. I've gotten, I got everything from um, amen, preach it, brother, to go F yourself. I mean, whatever. But the fact is, I got the engagement and I got people talking. Just like with your post, and it doesn't matter whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. You just got the conversation going, and it took it. took its own life.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of incredible. Um, and I mean, from the the thing is like when we start up these posts too, usually they're not really related to any of the kind of products that we have. But sometimes we do. Um, sometimes we do create these engagement style posts that can lead to one of our products. Uh, and when they do we can get uh, organic sales that way. Most of the sales, though, come off the back of just running uh, Facebook ads through them. But it's really important right. that we're using our pages as a way to build engagement. Like, that's that's what we're trying to do. Everything is all about engagement. So we're trying out different posts. We're split testing different ones, trying to figure out what works, what doesn't. Um, if one goes really well, we analyze it, and we look at it, and we say, okay, we've got a lot of organic reach out of this. Why did it ha- Why did we get so much reach out of this? Um, so it, pages are a little bit different to, to groups, and, uh, and also your Facebook profile is, is a huge opportunity right there too, especially if you're a consultant or a coach.
0: Right, right. I agree, agreed 100%. So uh, what are some of the other benefits of using Facebook for your business above and beyond what we've already covered?
1: So I would say um, so the trifecta is your page, your profile and a Facebook group, right? So these are the three main ways you can use Facebook. we already talked a lot about pages, um, but the the profile is definitely one area that I think a lot of people who are just getting started and looking to sort of get some consulting clients or anything like that, um, you can use your profile to promote your business and there's a few ways you can do that. The first is take advantage of your cover photo. So usually what happens is, uh, let's say someone hears about you let's say that they hear that you're offering consulting in a certain area, uh, they may go and check out your your Facebook profile, right? They're going to go check out your Facebook profile. The first thing they are going to see is your cover photo. So in that cover photo, one thing that we suggest some people use who are coaches, consultants, service providers is to put an actual link to some kind of lead capture um, and just, Obviously, you can't put it, um, the actual link, if they click on the, the cover photo, but you can display the link for it. So for us, it might be like, um, right. you know, to, to join us in our free group, go to screwcommunity.com. And that's, and that's what's showing up as text in the cover photo right there. So you've got the cover photo. Then obviously, you've got the sidebar profile links there, too. I know I do this a lot when I'm researching someone, an influencer in a certain area. I'll go check out their Facebook profile and I want to check out what their website looks like too. So people do that. People creep on Facebook. That's a big thing. Um, And then there's also featured photos in your sidebar too, which you can take advantage of. I only just found out about these things and they're really cool. You can display five featured images that that appear above the fold in your sidebar, in your Facebook profile. So you can use them. Instead of just putting random pictures of yourself, you can use them to display... Like graphics that maybe link out to certain relevant opt-ins or, or lead captures or lead magnets, whatever you want to call them. So you're actually using those images as a way to drive leads um, in your direction. So your profile can be really powerful, and what's really cool about it too is that your profile gets quite a lot of reach. I'm not suggesting that you're constantly talking about your business all the time on on your Facebook profile. In right. fact. Facebook doesn't like that. They'll, they'll actually, um, people will actually get their accounts banned because of it. Um, but just setting up your profile to display all the, the different links that you need to actually grow your business.
0: Yeah, and for those who may be listening to this a year from now, uh, after we run this live, uh, just uh, one thing to bear in mind is, even if not everything that Josh has shared with you turns out to have aged that well, Uh, Bear in mind that Facebook and and other social platforms as well, I mean, I know we're not talking about them, but others like LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, what have you, are constantly coming up with these innovations. And one of the things I want you to draw from what he just shared with you is look for some of the little stuff, like, for instance, your cover image. Uh, Again, I don't know how long this is going to age, but I – Right now, as of the day we're doing this interview and we're broadcasting on Business Creators Radio Show, uh, the cover image on my personal profile is an announcement that my book has come out with a link, with a, a display of the URL where you can go get it. Also, bear in mind that when you set an image as your profile image or your cover image or what have you, uh, you can add a comment to it that has a hyperlink. And as Josh also pointed out to you, you have the opportunity to use. Featured photos, you have up until five. That number could change. That feature could change. But every one of those could be, uh, you know, what immediately comes to me is like, let's say you're an author, a speaker, and a coach. You could have three of those photos be, one is you up on stage in front of an audience. Look, you're a speaker. Another could be you holding a picture of your international Amazon number one bestseller. You're an author. You, uh, then, they, then you have your uh, your high-quality headshot Uh, with your business logo on it. You're a coach. Then you throw in a picture of your cats. You're a cat lover. You throw in a picture of your pugs. You're obsessed with pugs. That right there (laughs) is a five-step personal branding exercise that I pulled right out of thin air based on what Josh shared with you and how you can use that space just to plant seeds about who you are and what you do using the framework that's already there. So, again, even if you're listening to this a year from now, and some of what Josh shared with us just because of the changes that Facebook makes turns out not to have aged all that well, go back and look at what they will have at that time, because you may very well spot similar opportunities to get this kind of leverage, just working within the framework of what's already there. So uh, let's um, shift over to ads a little bit. Uh, Can business owners use ads to grow their brand?
1: Oh, uh, for sure. Uh,
0: I mean, ads, obviously, it's kind of like you're
1: using Facebook for free or you can spend money and reach as many people as you want, right? So, I mean, we could sit here and, and talk about ads ads all day for sure. But the fact of the matter is that ads are meant to be easy to do just because, you know, you're paying for it, right? The problem is I, I think a lot of people will dive into ads a little bit too early because they think they just need that magic pill, right, to, to solve their... Their right. revenue problems in their business. And usually, what happens is they don't know what they're doing, and they don't have a good amount of organic reach to start off with. And so, when they start running ads, their targeting is all over the place. And when your targeting is all over the place, and you don't know what what if your offer is actually something that people want, then your ads just you end up just eating into your bank account. So, I, I mean, I would say we need to like really focus on growing our our organic attention. First, that that's key. You know, you've got to go through the right. hard yard first to get your organic your organic reach going for your brand, and then we can use ads to kind of like, kind of like turbocharge our business a little bit once we get to that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think you're absolutely right about that. I think I mentioned earlier that I have several business pages for various arms of my business. And whether we decide to run ads on them or not, the platforms are there. We just have made the decision whether or not we're going to do it. Uh, So – and I also have heard of people say – oh, I I remember this back in the day. Uh, I still think about this. Uh, About the fourth or fifth client that I ever had when I became an entrepreneur full-time and did my segue from training and development into marketing there for a while – and I had this client that uh, asked me if I knew anything about Google AdWords, because Google AdWords were, at that time were the hot new thing, just to date myself. And I said, <laughs> well, I just today found out what that means. Well, I need you to become an expert in the next two hours, because I need to have my campaign fully up and running by 4 o'clock. Okay. Mm-hmm. I knew about one hundredth of what I know today, but even though I knew, even then I knew to ask questions like, okay, so what are we promoting? Uh, how are we funneling this? Uh, what are we getting people to respond to as opposed to what they say they want or say they need? Uh, how are we budgeting this? How are we measuring this? You want me to become an expert in all this stuff in two hours? Are you flipping mm. are You flipping grinding my gears here or, or what? Uh, so going back to your point is – the organic is important because an early focus on the organic would actually at least – would actually answer or at least provide valuable data towards answering some of those questions I just listed off. Mm. What I'll do a lot of times yeah, – what mean, I'll do a lot of times – yeah, what I'll do a lot of times with clients that I'm getting ready to bring on uh, – whether it's going to be uh, like a service package or whether it's going to be a long-term consulting and coaching package, we have this very popular offering. They're 30-day jumpstarts. And what we do during those first 30 days is we work on one specific issue and get you going with one specific thing that's going to push your business forward with the least amount of effort and the greatest amount of likely returns. And we use that month to get answers to questions like the ones I just asked. So that when we move into the larger range or we move into the longer relationship, we do so from a foundation of knowing each other and having a sense of what the market's going to respond to. You can't become an expert in that in in two hours. However, you can work together with somebody for a month and through the process of working working together, get a lot of those questions answered. In fact, many people who – I'm going to to say this, even though it may end up taking a little bit of money out of my pocket, but I know that it'll resonate with even more people. In some cases, people are ready to hire me for a year's worth of coaching off the first phone call. And I say, you know what, I'd like to start with a one-month commitment because uh, before we make a year's worth of planning, let's get a month's worth of data so we know what to do with those other 11 months. Sound fair? Uh, If you want, I can have the paperwork prepared for you, but let's do that first month first. And I've gotten a lot of great results that way.
1: You know, um, you know what's interesting with Facebook uh, ads as well, um, just coming back to that point, yeah. was, is that when I speak to a lot of people using Facebook ads now, including us, most people now are actually spending majority of their budget on warming up their audience, which I think is quite fascinating to me. Um, just uh-huh. because when, it, when they first started, it was like you could just drive cold traffic to an opt-in, get someone to opt-in and then make money off the back of that, right? But because Facebook right. ads are, like, are an auction platform, the costs of them continue to go up and, and that concept of just driving cold traffic is no longer feasible. So everyone right. is spending so much money right now on trying to pick up engagement on Facebook in order to lower their costs for when they start driving them towards their offers, right? And so what we're talking about today about like, you can actually do a lot of this kind of stuff organically for free, um, or you can pay for it. Um, so it's totally up to you. The reality is if you're a new business owner and you're bootstrapping your business, I wouldn't start with Facebook ads. I would start with trying to, trying to build your own attention yourself first. If so you do that on Facebook, you also should be doing it on your website too, um, you know, like I'm a big believer that you shouldn't. Um, yeah, you, you should focus on trying to build your own traffic to your own website. At the same time, um, you know, don't. One of the quotes I love is like, "Don't build your brand on on rented land." Um, so, right. so that's like a big thing we try and keep. We try and we try and keep in mind as well. Um, so, a lot of the stuff we do on Facebook is actually just kind of. Just trying to just trying to connect with people on a deeper level, but we're always trying to move them from Facebook to our own website, um, where there's less right. distractions. There's more. They're more likely to convert into customers that way too.
0: Right, right, right. So think of uh, yeah. So think of like let's say you're at a at an event. Facebook is the giant arena where you have all the noise and everybody's talking all at once, and you're trying to make those one or two valuable connections. And once you use
1: the,
0: the environment to find the people that you want to connect with, then you say, hey, you know what? There's a quiet lounge downstairs. Let's go down there and continue this conversation. Mm. So that's kind of what you're talking about. And the quiet lounge is your own website, your own properties where you're not on somebody else's rented land, where you and that prospect can have a more focused conversation without all the noise.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's such a such a simple concept, really. Um, just using Facebook as a way to gather your audience, but then really trying to move them down your pipeline towards your own website, your own your own platform. I love that analogy too. It's like taking them to a quiet lounge somewhere and having a conversation with them. That's exactly what it's like.
0: Yeah. Precisely. Precisely. So, uh, you know, I'm going to make a confession, Josh. Uh, I ended up screwing up a page of mine once, and you're going to tell me that maybe I did this wrong and that this was actually the right thing to do, but I was poorly guided or made the wrong decisions, who knows? But back in 2012, I got into the whole Facebook advertising game and started to spend some money on ads and things like that, and I bought a bunch of followers for my very first business page. And it was a nice little boost, but in the end, it really didn't get me anything except a credit card bill to pay off. So what is your stance on buying followers? Are you about to tell me that I was aiming at the right target using the wrong arrow? Or uh, was I doing the wrong thing? Uh, What's going on?
1: So we actually did the same thing too. I remember we were getting um, likes for, I think it was like 10 cents a like or something like that. And so I think our budget was like 20 bucks a day or whatever. Um, and, And back then, I think the reach was a little bit higher on pages. Uh, organic reach, I, I should say, and so it was kind of beneficial to do it. Um, we did stop doing that though, as soon as the reach kind of like went down below, you know, like two percent, whatever it is right now. Um, so that's why, Great. like, if you look at our our followers on our page, like forty six thousand. I think we initially grew it to about twenty thousand through paid ads, and and in the end, it was okay because what we would do, it's it's sort of like the warming up process, right? When you're running ads, so um, this is like stage one where we can kind of like attract people to our page. and anyone who likes our page, that that's our our page audience, right? So when we start running ads and we direct them to our page audience, that audience usually converts converts quite well because they've at least seen like a couple of our posts they are a little bit familiar with our brand already. Um, so in that right. sense it was it was still beneficial. and I think for you it, it would have still been beneficial too. Um, but I wouldn't say it's like, It's not that simple anymore. It's not like just get people to like your page and then you'll make money. Um, There's a lot more to it. And so um, I wouldn't suggest trying to pay for likes right now. Um, I think there's other better ways of of using your money uh, for your business than, than that for sure.
0: Right. So let's just uh, drill down a little bit further. And what are some of those better ways to invest money? Because we may have some people listening right now that are investing in advertising and just not seeing the return on investment they were hoping for and want to either make that up somehow or move forward in a way that's going to get them better returns.
1: Uh, I would say there's a good six to twelve month period where you should be investing in coaching and courses. Absolutely, you need to be training. Your, you need to be training yourself, building skills, um, and, and that's where you should be spending money. I mean, I still spend a lot of money on, on coaching and courses now. Um, I've just, just signed up for a, a three month coaching package with incredible coach. I'm super excited uh, to work with. And, um, that's like a, that's a $10,000 investment right there. Last year we spent 100, right. $150,000 on coaching and things. So I would say the first six to 12 months is about spending money in order to develop skills. Because those skills are going to be the thing, the things that actually take you into the future and help you grow your business over the long term. Um, if you are at a point, and, and this is where you kind of know you're at a point where you should start investing in, in advertising, is when you've, launched your first offering, whether it be a service, a, a coaching program or a course or a physical product, whatever, and you've launched that out to your organic audience, which you've grown over a period of time, and you've seen some kind of results from it. You've seen some people have taken it up and, and you're happy with those results. At that point, it's kind of like, okay, cool. I've got this offering now that people are interested in. How do I get more people, right? Right because you, now you've got a way to get a return off that investment uh, with your, with your ad costs that's when you should start when you know for certain that you have a great offer that is selling really well and you know that you're going to be able to get a return from from your ads uh, when you start running them
0: yeah I, I agree I agree with that a lot so just like anything there's a learning curve to it just like I mentioned that you know we have a, a coaching offering that's 30 days because we want ourselves and the client to go through a learning curve with each other as we figure out what the longer term investments going to be. So, uh, by now, Josh, would you say that Facebook is saturated with all these businesses by vying for our attention?
1: It, it's very saturated. Um, and it's not just businesses buying for our attention. It's the whole world, you know, like it's a very distracting platform. Um, there are a lot of businesses running lots of ads and whatnot for sure, but I mean it's just it's just a very distracting kind of place to be, which is I, I hope we get to talk about this, which is why like I, I really love groups as a, a place to kind of like grow your audience um, because we'll we talked Max. about before that great analogy of we'll do that now okay well that no, no 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 I, I said moving, and
0: I said I said I said we'll do groups next finish what you're saying and we'll do groups next, next. we have plenty of time <laughs> okay. yeah.
1: Okay, great. Um, yeah, so it's that great analogy of kind of like moving, uh, you know, going down to the lounge downstairs and having a chat. Groups are a little bit like that. Yes, they're still distracting for sure because it's on Facebook, um, but it's a little bit a little bit better. You can kind of have a bit more of a conversation with someone in a group. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... I, I personally, I don't like to spend a lot of time on Facebook myself because of how distracting it, it actually is. And so we love to create right. a lot of procedures in order to have our team kind of run the different things. I know we have to be on Facebook because that's where a lot of people are. Um, right. But at the same time, I personally don't want to spend too much time on there because of it, it is a very distracting place to be.
0: Yeah, that's that's very true. And Facebook is designed to be distracting. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, they, they run tests on what they can do with our emotions to draw us in further and further and further. And one of the reasons, and and I'm so glad that you want to talk about groups, because groups are, as of right now, a very hot thing with Facebook. Uh, and I've seen so many of my own clients that are getting so many great results with groups. Uh, one of the reasons I like the, the groups is because when you post something in your group or somebody posts something in your group, uh, that little light. In the upper right-hand corner of your Facebook, that says, "Hey, there's new activity to check out," lights up. So you may be sending broadcast emails, mm. and depending on what email address you're sending it from and how you use email overall, could be in somebody's primary tab or could be in somebody's promotions tab or what have you. But with a Facebook group, yeah. they're getting notified either way. It's all—it's almost like text messaging, which has a 98% open rate. So let's talk about groups. You're so excited to talk about them, and I'm so excited to hear about them. So I'm just going to turn you loose.
1: Yeah, I think they're really cool. Um, I think it was uh, last year or the year before was when Facebook changed their mission statement. So their mission statement literally, and I'm reading it right now. It's in front of my computer. But it's Facebook, Facebook's mission is to give people the power to build community and bring the world closer together. So so you you see, there they included the word community in their new mission statement. This is the direction that Facebook is going down. That's why in groups now there's so much focus on them. On their end, they're developing so many new things. Like it's almost every week, there's something new comes out in Facebook groups, and you're like, wow, I didn't. That's crazy. How? Like that's a. How can we use that? You know, so you're always like trying to take advantage of the new tools as they come out. So Facebook groups, um, the way we use them is. I think it's very key because we've been through a couple of iterations. We grew a group to almost 50,000 people and we shut it down um, because it just wasn't going in the direction that we wanted to. So we shut it down and the group we've got open right now is around about 10,000 people. So we've regrown it back up with a whole different set of rules of how we run it. So the big changes we made this time, the second time around, is we, it's pretty much like no BS. So you can't get in there and just post links out to your stuff. Any spam links or anything like that just is all gone. Right. You have to. Follow, we have a very strict set of rules. Um, we also require contribution. Um, so we use a tool called Gridix, and we've just started doing this. We use a tool called Gridix now, um, which actually monitors. You get so much data through Gridix, it actually. Uh, monitors all the information in your Facebook group. And so we can see the people who have contributed at least once in a comment or contributed a post in the group. Anyone who doesn't, we're actually starting to remove those people from the group. We want high engagement because high engagement means it's going to show up more in the sidebar with related groups and stuff like that and we'll grow a lot faster as a result of that. So that's a, a really key thing. The second really key thing is that our group is for our business. Right, And when we started our first one, we didn't make that very clear. It was just kind of like, hey, it's a free group. And we all just like talk to each other and hang out and stuff. Whereas this group now, this group is for our business. And so we post, we tell people we post things about our business. We post links to our website, um, to our blog posts, to any relevant opt-ins, to webinars, that kind of stuff. And we tell them as soon as they come in, this is, this is our group for our business and if you don't like that, then you don't have to stay. So that's like a really key thing. Right. Um, and then the other thing is we have a we have a, a really good procedure for it, which we've continued to build out over a long time. So I would say anything you can do to kind of try and automate things as much as possible or try and like scale things as much as possible with a Facebook group, the better. Because the last thing you want to do is get stuck trying to like be in a group all the time, like, three to six hours a day replying to people's questions and all that kind of stuff. It doesn't work. Um, Yes. Like you will get high engagement and stuff, but those people are very unlikely to become your customers in the long run. So, so we really try and build procedures based around uh, based around our group. Um, So I don't know if, do you want me to talk about like any of the procedures that we, that we use?
0: Um, Anything you want to share? We actually have plenty of, a time. And I just want to say so far, I really agree with it. And I'm appreciative of you sharing that tool because, uh, we are, we are starting to see that if you have a lot of people in your group that just never do anything, it's one thing to have big numbers in your group, but if you have a lot of people there, but not a lot of people participating that gets you some lower percentages.
1: Absolutely. I, uh, in, on that note, actually, we're about to, um, create, a, a free guide, we're actually writing right now, a free guide to Facebook group marketing. Uh, if you want, I can send you the link after this and you can chuck it in the show notes. Um, but it, we kind okay. of cover all the things that we're, we're covering here, but in written form, so it might be a bit easier. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to jam on on some of the different things that we use with Facebook groups to get results. Uh, so I, I'm just gonna dive in. Uh, questions, so when people join you can have them answer three questions now, which I'm, I'm sure you already know. Um, so the questions we use: the first one for us is, do you have a bit? Do you have an online business? Um, the second question is, what is your biggest business obstacle right now? And then the third one is, we just want to find out uh, how they how they found out about us, pretty much. So those are the three ones right there. Right. Uh, anyone who doesn't answer one of those questions doesn't get approved. So you have to answer all three questions right. in, in order to get approved. That's a really good spam filter um, by by putting that rule in place. Um, The the other thing we do is every Tuesday now, we sorry, every Monday, my bad, every Monday, we actually do an introduction post. And so we take anyone who's just been approved into the group and we tag all those people in, in the introduction post. And that introduction post tells them what to expect from the group, it also has links that like kind of go out through our sales funnels, through our pipelines. Um, and so that's that's a really easy thing to do. Someone joins your group, welcome them. You know, like I see so many people now, and we were doing the same thing, is someone will join the group and they won't even say hello to them. You know, they won't even introduce right. themselves, which is a little bit crazy if you think about it. Uh, so we we intro them. That's Monday. On Tuesday, wow. we, we have a podcast. We've put a link out to our podcast. Um, there, So we're going to try and use our group to get more subscribers to our podcast because we want them listening in. Right. Um, on Wednesday, we use GridX, uh, which is that tool I mentioned, um, to find out who our top contributors were from the previous week. And we actually, um, we feature the top contributor and then we also mention um, who the other top 10, the people in the top 10 uh, were as well. So they can kind of see like, like how close they were to getting up to number one. So what that does is it kind of encourages them to want to contribute even more because then they're going to get a feature inside of our group, which is really cool. Um, on Thursday, um, we're have a we about to launch a webinar coming out soon. So Thursday's day is going to launch pretty soon, uh, but it's called Traffic Thursday, where we provide a tip in relation to getting traffic, um, which is a big area that we love to focus on. Um, and so we, we just kind of like create a, a bit of a, a tip there, a bit of a tutorial and we have a webinar and so we like to drive people from that, we're gonna be driving people from that post to our webinar. And then Friday, and this is this is what we do, on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, usually the engagement on Friday, Saturday Sunday is, is really down. And so the way to boost up your engagement is to give people something that they want. And the one thing people, every single person wants in a group if they want to share their own stuff, right? And so we, we can't avoid that, so we're going to work with it and use it to our advantage. So on Friday, we have Follow Friday. Um, you can submit your social profiles and people can and follow you if, if they want to. Uh, on Saturday, we have a, a Sell Your Stuff Saturday or Sell Yourself Saturday. So people can actually put links
0: Ooh. to their
1: products if they want to, but only on Saturday. That's it, it's the only day. And the reason why is Saturday is like the lowest engagement day. And so this will, this boosts up engagement like crazy. And then Sunday, we just have like a Sunday fun day, which is like, which is like, send us a picture of your dog or your your cat or whatever. And and again, it's a a good engagement kind of booster. Yeah. So, um, so that's, that's like the, the week, what, what each week kind of looks like there. The sales approach is, is different in groups. And I, I think this is a really cool tip. So instead of really just posting links to your sales page and all all the time, all the time, um, use the comments. So for on Thursday, we post um, a free tip around how to get more website traffic, right? If anyone responds to it, we'll post in the comments or replying to their comment. We'll say, hey, like if you want to learn more, like we've got this webinar coming up on Wednesday, you can click here to register. So you're using the comments to actually post links to drive people towards our offers. So I think that's, that's a really good approach to use for sales and it doesn't come across too annoying as well because you're just making a suggestion in a comment as opposed to posting like a, a full on post in your inside your group. So that's, I've covered a lot there I know, but um, I think if you want to kind of like watch what we do, I, I love doing that myself. Whenever I need to learn something, I just kind of go and watch someone and see what they do. Um, you can you can join our group um, and, and check that out for sure.
0: Yeah, uh, we're going to give you the chance to do this in 10 minutes, but let's just put it out there now and we'll repeat it. Uh, I invite everybody to check out uh, Josh and Jill's group. I'm going to be joining it myself. It's called screwcommunity.com. Just go to www.screwcommunity.com. Community.com and that will take you to uh, that's a redirect that takes you right to their application page for their group and make sure to fill out those three questions so they can review and approve it. In <laughs> fact, I'm seeing most of my most of my clients and myself and my for my group as well. Um, I have questions and I want people to answer them uh, for two reasons. Number one, I want to have you know have a few seconds just to know sort of where they're coming from uh, so I know how to approach that person specifically, and then to notice trends in the responses so I get a sense of who I'm reaching and what they're responding to so I know how to come, come forward with the help. Uh, the other thing is, as you alluded to, uh, anybody who's serious about actually wanting to be in that group. Well, for goodness sakes, they can take uh, one minute to answer three questions. I don't recall, Josh, you saying anything about PhD-level dissertations. I believe sentence fragments that got to the point would probably be acceptable to you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I actually would probably say the opposite. You should not have a PhD because most business owners don't.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, um, it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, is that, it's, I mean, I, I paraphrase Winston Churchill and others when I say um, – yeah, well, actually, I'm going I'm to paraphrase Mark Twain. Um, he said, I've written, you a, I've written you a long letter because I didn't have time to write you a short one. Mm. It's, e- it's, e- it's easier to write long. It's more difficult to write short. That's uh, uh, one of the reasons why my when my new book came out, it has a little over 300 pages. There were two things driving that. One of which was I had so many great stories in there, and I just uh, would not allow any of them to be taken away because it makes such a great read, and I've gotten so much feedback on the stories that I left in. In fact, the ones I was considering cutting, if I had decided to cut that book back, are some of the ones that have gotten the greatest positive response. So I'm glad I didn't. The other reason is quite simple: is um, I have a bookshelf. Well, I have two bookcases in my office here. The upper left-hand corner is a shelf that has all books written by people I know personally and people who have been my guests on the business creators radio show. And what saddens me is a lot of those books are like 80 pages long and you can't see their spine. I want my spine to jump out at you.
1: Interesting. (laughs) I've actually never, I've never thought about that, but that makes total sense. We just bought a, a book called the one minute manager, which is like, Oh, sorry. Five-minute manager, and it's super right. short. <laughs> and and like it's kind of funny. I've I've never thought about like what it actually looks like in your bookcase, but yeah, you wouldn't even be able to see. It doesn't even have a spine. That's crazy.
0: Right, right, right. With one of our clients who's uh, getting ready to launch a book, originally they said, "Well, I'm going to do like a 70-page book," and I said, "What about your spine?" And they said, "Well, I'm not looking to get a I'm not looking to get a book deal. I'm just looking to use it as, a, as a credentializer." So I said, yeah, it's your credentializer. So when somebody sticks it on your bookshelf, you want them to see your title and your name every time they walk by that bookshelf. Because that's another point of contact mm-hmm. in addition to all the emails, all the social media, all the Facebook pages, all the Facebook profile, all the Facebook groups. That is more times every day they see your name and your topic. Ad pages, widen that spine. Mm-hmm. and. To me, and I'm just pulling this out of air because I found that sometimes we do our best work on the fly, is you can think of the Facebook trifecta as a way of widening the spine of your book and making it stand out more on the bookshelf. So think of all these business pages, all these groups, all these profiles as books on a shelf, and the one that has the best curation, the one that has the best engagement, the one that has the best content is the one that's going to be wider and is going to get the most attention.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, with Facebook as well, like uh, like using it as a way to, to kind of build your reach, um, the, the main reason why people kind of struggle with it um, is just because it does get overwhelming. And I'm sure like writing a book gets incredibly overwhelming. I've, I've never written one myself, but, you know, it's, it's a lot of work. And, and just like writing a book, in Facebook, if you're using these three different platforms, these three different ways of doing it, you really have to work on building procedures, like, I, I can't reiterate that point enough, you know, like making sure you get as organized as you can, especially if you have a group, because that thing will suck up your time uh, and, and it's going to yeah. pull you away from doing the, the other really important things, like actually serving your customers, you know, like, like right. that's such a novel concept. But groups really do suck you, suck your time. Facebook in general does suck your time. So make sure you build they as can. many procedures as you can around it.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Like um, one thing I guide clients to do is always have a clear set of posted roles. So if somebody breaks a role, you don't have to have 20 hours of back and forth with them. And if it gets to a point where their thing is kind of gray area, because you wrote it down, you can say, look, um, the phrase moderator's discretion, um, I'm going to give you a pass uh, by all I'm doing is taking this one post down but just be cognizant of our roles going forward. We'd like to have you here. We want to be a good community for everybody else. In other, word, in other words, in other words, be mm-hmm. fair, be firm, and don't be a jerk. And having written roles enables you to take the stance that you need to take without seeming like an arbitrary dictator, because I've actually walked out on groups because I thought the moderator was just an ass. And uh, part of what led me uh. to that perception was they just didn't have clearly written roles, or their roles were done in such a way where I could say, wait a minute, you're holding me up to the letter of the law in this one phrase, but I just pulled up 12 other people today that did this exact Mm. same thing you say we're not allowed to do. And the usual reaction was, well, gee, that's a great way to get along is uh, insinuate that I don't know how to manage a group. And my response would be, hey, you know what, I'm not insinuating it. I'm telling you to your face, you don't know how to manage a group. So having those procedures, having that in place, and being in tune with people—I mean, don't let it suck up your life. But be in there and be active, and become a friend to your people. And you're not—and that reduces the chance that you're going to be seen as that type of moderator. You're going to be seen instead as a community builder, somebody that people naturally magnetize toward.
1: Yeah, you know, people love predictability, especially in groups. Um, we have a membership as well, and so we do the same thing every single week. In the membership, right, and every right. single month it's the same stuff over and over. People love predictability, right? Um, I remember I, it was, a I think it was called E Myth Revisited. Have you read that book before?
0: Yep. Yeah, I do. I do. And just like yeah. you know, we have about um, three minutes left. So E Myth Revisited. Then I want to repeat your gift.
1: Okay. Yeah. So in E Myth Revisited, he talks about um, a story about he went into a barber one time and he had a great experience, and the second time around. Um, it was like a different experience, and it was still a good experience, but it was different. And the third time around, it was a different experience as well. And he never he never went back a fourth time because there was no predictability in, in, in every time he went in. So I just want to say that if you are looking to start a group, try and create that predictable weekly experience for people, and uh, it'll work really, really well.
0: Great, and I'm going to urge everybody... Um, subscribe to our iTunes channel. Go back and download this if you're listening to it live. And play this episode back a couple times, because earlier Josh gave you a roadmap that you can adapt to your own group. Now, speaking of groups, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, and I said would repeat at the end, go to www.screwcommunity.com. That's a redirect to Josh and Jill's Facebook group, which is... Uh, what is it called? It's called the new Screw Nine to Five community. Hop in there, make sure you answer the questions, and uh, this will be a great place for you to go. Uh, for those who want to take this to the next level and learn more about the uh, the Facebook trifecta, the Screw the Nine to Five movement, and anything else that Josh and Jill Stanton have to offer. So, uh, Josh, uh, you know, before we break off, uh, do you have any final words for our audience before we uh, bid adieu?
1: No, I I would just say, um, I'm just going to reiterate that point again, like really focus on trying to build procedures. As a general rule inside of Facebook is if you're the only one who can do it, then you shouldn't be doing it, right? You should be trying to create procedures that anyone can do in the future as you start to grow your team and, and whatnot. Otherwise, you will get trapped and your business will definitely plateau.
0: Okay, awesome. So uh, once again, I want to thank you so much, Josh Stanton of ScrewThe9to5.com and the founder of Screw You, which I encourage everybody to check out. It's a membership program that teaches folks various principles. So go to screwthe 9 to and check it out. Josh, it's been an honor and an education. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: You bet. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.